You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from TripAdvice.com. And today's episode is sponsored by Spartagen XT, which is your all-natural supplement to help you boost your sex drive in the bedroom. That's right, the supplement is filled with herbs and filled with vitamins, like I said, all-natural, to help you boost your libido. So if you're having trouble keeping an erection, if you fear that one day you might not be able to keep an erection, or maybe you're finishing too early with the girl that you're with, or again, have any fears surrounding that, then check out Spartagen XT. You can get that at SpartanLibido.com. Go to SpartanLibido.com to learn more about how to get a hold of this stuff and really learn about more about what it's going to help you with. So SpartanLibido.com. Now, today's episode is a special guest featuring Miss Andrea Carella. Now, I really hope I said that right. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher her name. Andrea, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But Andrea comes on the show today and does a little interview, and we talk about how to make relationships last. That's right, how to make relationships last. So, you know, one thing we talk about on the show a lot is how to get girlfriends, is how to attract women, how to get girls to like you. We don't really touch upon too much. Every once in a while I talk about some stuff, but we don't talk too much about how to make a relationship last. So if you're wondering, how do you hold on to the woman? How do you get her to actually want to stay with you? How do you know if it's the right girl for you and it's going to turn into an actual relationship that's going to be awesome, that's going to make you feel great, that's going to thrive? Well, those questions and more are answered today with Miss Andrea. And if you want to check her out, then go to truepotentialcounseling.com. I'll put that in the show notes, and you can go right to that website and learn more about how she helps couples and helps men and women get into amazing relationships. But if you're still like, well, what's this all about? I don't want to go to the website yet. i got to hear some awesome stuff from Andrea. Well, then stick around because the interview is coming right up in just a minute here. Now, before we get into that, don't forget, if you have a question that you want answered on the podcast... All you got to do is call 323-432-0025. I answer your questions. Again, this episode is an interview, so we're not answering any questions today. But if you have any questions, then I want you to ask them. And you can always email me, trip at tripadvice.com, to ask questions. Put in the subject line, podcast question. Okay? All right, without further ado, here is the interview with me and Andrea from truepotentialcounseling.com. Hey, Andrea, how's it going today? Great. Thank you, Tripp. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I, You know, we were talking a little bit earlier, and uh, as most of people who are listening know, I don't always have um, guests like you on who talk about more about the relationship stuff. And I'm really excited to have you on because I have covered relationship stuff in the past, um, you know, things that I've done. Maybe I've had one or two people on, but I don't do this a lot, and I've, you know, I've really figured out more and more is that 
you got to know about the relationship stuff because that's the other half of the battle. So guys are so focused on, well, how do I get the girl to like me? What do I say to her? How do I get her interested in me? And that is, I mean, not even half of all. That's a good quarter of the battle. And then you get all the relationship stuff. So that's why I'm excited to have you on to talk about that today. So thanks for coming on. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, you know, one thing um, that you said that you could talk about and, and can give some great tips on is this idea about how guys can be clear on what to look for in terms of a relationship, what to look for in terms of a girl. You know, I think that a lot of guys who listen to this podcast, eventually they get better at communicating with women and being able to get them attracted and so they can get more dates. Um, but I don't think they really take the time to really figure out what it is that they want and what could be good for them. So what can you speak about in terms of that? What are your thoughts on that? Sure. I, I think the the key part is really knowing yourself and having a good relationship with yourself. And so being really clear on what your values are, what your beliefs are, what things are important to you. If you are, for example, an athletic person, you probably will want to look for a partner that also has athletic ability or they also share that common interest. Uh, that's just an example. Uh, perhaps if you like um, art or you have a common interest that you would like to share with your partner, being really clear on that and then also being able to to know that that's an aspect of your partner and partnership that is important to you. If uh, communication, obviously communication is key in all relationships. So for example, if you aren't a clear communicator or maybe some of your indirect communication and your direct communication has some incongruencies, being able to be uh, an effective communicator, you may want to hone in on that skill set. So that way, when you are in relationship, that you can be an effective communicator with your partner. And being able to be congruent, being able to um, be forthcoming and really know yourself so that you're not trying to be somebody that you're not because that isn't very attractive and women actually see right through that when you are trying to be somebody you're not. So I think just being really working on your level of confidence and your level of security of feeling comfortable in your own skin will allow you to just be really real and really authentic with yeah. that other person. I think other aspects to consider, you also want to know uh, what um, where you want to live, like what sort of location that you want to live in and what sort of career goals you have, what your life plan looks like so that you can see if you are really ready for a long-term relationship or if you're more in the dating mode and being being able to be really honest with where you are in that process. If you're just still hunting and gathering and still exploring and and that sort of thing, if you're going to be in a different mindset and a different focus than if you are really ready for that committed relationship. Mm. And so being really clear on that and so that you don't send mixed messages and, and so that whoever you're with, if they are on that same page with you of it being not a long-term committed relationship, at least you're on the same page or you're really forthcoming that you're really wanting to be in a committed relationship. So that will change the dynamics and the energy and really what 
the result is in the relationship long term. Yeah. So both being really clear on that. Yeah, that's that's good too. And and uh, you know, I have a question here in terms of you know, what if there's a guy listening and he's like, you know, I don't know if I'm ready or not. He thinks he wants one, but he's not sure. But he wants to date. What are your advice to that guy in terms of trying to figure that out or what he would say to a girl? You know, I mean, you're a woman, so you know, I mean, you know, I think that a lot of women out there really are looking for relationships depending on where they're at, you know. So how would you say to a woman that you don't know or maybe you are in the end of the spectrum where you're like, no, I'm not really looking for a relationship. How do you communicate that to a girl? Hmm. I guess uh, being able to really know where you're at. And then, for example, obviously, depending on how old you are, or how much dating experience you have, I think as you continue to date people, you get a better sense of what you like, what you don't like, what you're looking for, what you're not looking for. So sometimes the dating in and of itself is a way of really getting clear on understanding what your likes and dislikes are and getting clear on what you are ultimately seeking for seeking in a partnership. So sometimes that's just necessary. It's part of the learning process Mm -hmm. to have that exposure. I think if, so sometimes you don't even know if, if you're just wanting to date or if you are looking for something long-term because it's an evolutionary process. So I guess if you come to the point where you're looking for something more casual and it doesn't seem like it's going to go long-term, maybe first thing that you do is communicate that openly and honestly, because either she can continue to stay in the relationship with those parameters in place, or you give her an opportunity to make a decision if that's really what she wants and you can set her free so that she can move on and find uh, a partner and, and you can keep searching. So I think a lot of times what people do, and this is a big danger, is we keep one foot in it, even though we're not 100% in it. Mm. And then we just drag our feet and then we waste a lot of time. We waste our time. We waste the other person's time. And it's kind of a selfish move, honestly. So Why do you do I, that? Why do you what's that? People, why do you think people do that? I mean, I think there's people out there who don't even, they're not trying to be selfish, but they might do that anyway. Mm. I think sometimes it's an attachment where we, we want to at least hold on to something even though it's not what we want. It's like grabbing for... Mm, chocolate when really you need a nutritious juice drink. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? Your body needs something more nutritious. You kind of have to let go of this other substitute that maybe isn't going to satiate you or satisfy you long term. Maybe it's just short term. When you really prevent yourself from taking the time and juicing that drink and doing the work necessary to actually get the nutritious drink that you need. So, I don't know. Everyone does it differently. I just know for me, I wouldn't want to waste my time and I would want to be really clear on where I'm headed and what I, what I'm looking for, or just to be single. And that could be fine too. I think sometimes people are uncomfortable being single. And so they hold on to something, even though it's not really what they want or let the other person stay there, even though they don't want to, value them in the way that they deserve to be valued. So I I think it's 
that's part of the package. I think if you only need one, you only need one partner, you don't need a ton of them. So I think knowing that there's abundance in the universe rather than scarcity, I think is a good way to break out of that pattern so that you can trust yourself and trust the process a little bit more. Yeah. No, I I talk a lot about that too, this idea of abundance. I call it abundance mentality, which basically says that, you know, there's a lot of women out there and there's a lot of great women that you can meet. And, you know, just because it might not work with this one, that doesn't mean you're doomed. You know, there's there's definitely going to be something out there for you. You know, whether you believe in soulmates or not, you know, with enough work that you put in, you can find someone who is going to be a good match for you. Mm-hmm. And you were saying yeah. earlier that, you know, if you're into being athletic, you want to find someone athletic. If you're into art, you want to find someone who's also into art. You know, I feel like out there in the internet universe, we hear so many contradictory things, right? We'll hear that. And then we'll hear opposites attract, right? So mm-hmm. how do you think that kind of all works together? I think it's a real balance, right? So when I made those examples, those aren't absolutes. Those might just be having some areas that you would like to share with your partner, whatever those common interests are, pinpointing those that are really valuable to you that you ideally would like to share with your partner. And then some areas that you would like to just enjoy on your own and your partner could be in it or not involved in it. Because I think it's really important to have your own sense of self, your own sense of identity, your own interest, independent of the relationship, as well as having that link to your partner in different aspects of your life so that you share that quality time with each other. Because, for example, if two people have two completely different interests and they share no interest together, that's going to be a problem because then they're not going to be spending any time together. And so having that balance, I think, is really important. Those areas of your individual life, individual activities that independent of your partner, and then also having those activities that you share with your partner that you really and mutually enjoy. Right. Is there anything specific you think in terms of like the breakdown of types of activities? Do you think it matters or... Doesn't no, really I don't think I don't think it matters I, in in that detail. I think what matters most is really being clear on what what kind of energy, what kind of dynamic, what kind of exchange, what kind of connection are you wanting to have with your partner? What sort of way do you want to resolve problems together? Yeah. What do you want that to look like? What do you want that to feel like? Because you will be going through ups and downs and challenges and dealing with bills and finances and uh, eventually maybe uh, have ki- having kids, um, moving, uh, problem solving together. So really having a clear understanding of what that dynamic is, what that fluidity, that flow that you have in your exchange, that comfort level, that friendship in your relationship, that chemistry in your partnership, those things I think are pivotal. And then in addition, having those common interests, common beliefs and values that just add to the the beauty of this relationship that you're really cultivating and creating together. Right. You know, it's funny too, because it's like, it's, it's the relationships start off so different. You know, you don't think about that stuff. You're more in the, 
just kind of swept up in the moment and you have those feelings of love. Like you don't think about the fact that down the line you're going to have, you know, if, if you want this to go further, if you want this to build into a bigger relationship, that you have to see eye to eye on the way you want both of your lives to go. Eventually, if you want to take it even down the path of marriage, you're going to find it that, you know, you're going to have to learn how to talk about bills together. Like all these things that sound so unsexy, but, but they're the little things that really make up how a relationship can be successful, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how do we, and I'm trying to figure this out too, how do we kind of tell the guys here how they can kind of figure out some of those things about a woman when they first start dating so they know that it can be something that's actually going to last. Is there like a screening process? You Mm -hmm. know, obviously you're not, you know, I don't know, you might not ask a girl on a first date some of the things that might lead to, you know, I don't know, even a relationship because it's so soon you're on a first date. So it's like, how do you bring mm-hmm. those things up? When, when do you think it's a good idea to even bring those things up? I think, I think dating is a very organic process and I think the conversation needs to also be one. Yeah. I think it happens over time. I think as you go through the process, you don't want it to be like an interview because I think sometimes we go through relationships and dating and we approach it in the same way that we do a goal or an objective or business or a project. And relationships are not linear. They are very abstract. They have dimensions to it. And so I like to look at it as, I'll use a metaphor of marbles in a marble jar, right? You're building trust in the relationship. You're getting to know each other. And if you do it too quickly, you can overwhelm the process. And if you go too slowly and are kind of checked out, it's going to not get you where you want to go either. So I think just really being attuned to your body, attuned to the process, staying present in the present moment rather than focusing on the future or focusing on the past. I think that all those things rob you of the present moment. And in the present moment is where you're really just going to get in touch with yourself get in touch with your rhythm, get in touch with the attunement that's going on between you and your partner. Yeah. And all that requires patience mm. and stillness and slowing it down and checking in and being true to yourself. Uh, and I think sometimes we skip that and that's ultimately the most important part because that is going to give you the insight, the direction, the timing as you're gradually building this relationship and putting these marbles in this marble jar of trust in this relationship that you're creating with this, with this person. And as far as the questions go for, for me on, I have a YouTube channel. It's uh, true potential TV. And I have a video on there that is the, are the eight questions that you must ask your partner before you get married. Ooh, and so juicy. that's a really nice video for your audience to check out because it covers what some of those thoughts are and those questions are that you want to ask yourself and also eventually ask your partner if you start noticing that it's getting serious, more serious and something that you'd like to pursue further in that direction. Those those questions can be very helpful. Yeah, I like that. All right, Andrea, I mean, I want these guys to check out this YouTube video, but give us a teaser. Give us a couple of those questions. 
because I'm, I'm curious myself, you know, and I want to know what are some of, of those questions in terms of, I mean, what do you say? These are questions that you should get answers to before you get married so you know what, so you know that it could, that you guys have similar answers or what is it for exactly? It's really to see if you're on the same page because okay. marriage is about being on the same page and when you're off on two separate pages, how to get back on the same one. So yeah. a lot of these questions allow you to get clear on, for example, what do you want to do with your career? What does your career look like? Is it, uh, and what, what does that future plan look like? Are you going to be going to get your master's? Are you going to be uh, in the workforce? Are you going to be not making money for a while because you're wanting to be a realtor and you're waiting? You know, all those things that are going to impact ultimately the other person um, or vice versa, your partner, those sort of plans being on the same page. Uh, finances, do you have debt? Uh, what does that look like? How are you planning on paying that off? How would that impact us? How Are you a saver or are you a spender? Also, do you want to have kids? How many kids do you want to have? What's your parenting style? So those are just some different areas and some specific questions in each of those categories. And there are eight different categories to to check out. Got it. I'm sure like one is finances, one is probably children, mm-hmm. right? So... <laughs> Do you think these are things that should come up when you're in the relationship or when you're dating or kind of, I guess, probably like you said, more organically just happens when it happens? Yeah, I think both. I think keeping it top of mind that these are some things that you should be thinking about. I think sometimes we go into relationship and we're in the, you know, romance or the lust or the excitement and we think, oh, we'll figure that stuff out later. And pretty soon we figure that out too late. And then now we have a problem. So it avoids a problem. It's more of a proactive, preventative approach so that you are really clear moving forward and you don't get blindsided. That's the other thing is a lot of people don't have these important conversations and then they think, oh, I just thought that you, I just assumed that you thought the way that I thought or your plan was the same as mine and then you realize it's not. Right, or you assume maybe because you guys are in love that it will all kind of just work out and, mm-hmm. and you know, just kind of happen the way it needs to happen. But yeah, this is true. That's, that, yeah, that's going to create a lot of lack of communication <laughs> and misunderstandings. And that will create a lot of tension and yeah. conflict and problems if that could easily have been prevented in yeah. getting on the same page and communicating clearly with each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I think too? I think what makes people scared to talk about this stuff, this is this is my opinion. I, I think what makes it scary for guys and girls to talk about this stuff is they might be really afraid of the answers because you you know, you're asking these things and you're just like kind of in the back of your head hoping that you're on the same page. And mm. you know that if you're not and you really like the person or you're in love with the person that, mm-hmm. you know, something has to change, whether you guys somehow come to an agreement or maybe there's a breakup or something like that. But these are mm-hmm. scary questions to ask because, you know, you're, you're rooting for the best and you kind of don't know what's going to happen. I think that's why some people avoid them 
or avoid mm-hmm. them for a long time. I mean, I say that from personal experience. I've definitely avoided a few key questions in, you know, in a, in a long-term relationship that I was in. And that caused a lot of trouble at the end. And I think one of the reasons was I was too scared to talk about it because I kind of knew the answer of hers and I knew that it didn't align with mine. So I would just avoid it at all costs. And that did nothing but really delay the inevitable, which happened to be a breakup. But I don't know. What do you think about that? I definitely am a, a proponent of let's have the conversation because whether we push it off and avoid it, that just creates a secondary problem because then that becomes a pattern in the relationship. Mm. And now we not only have the lack of communication, but now we have a pattern of avoidance that starts to be the, the routine in the relationship of I'm going to avoid this. And then yet it's a really important conversation. So I, I definitely am a proponent of be true to yourself, be, be true and allow the other person to be true and let the cards fall where they may and take that risk because that's what love really, I mean, real love is about that. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being honest and true and authentic. It's about being wholehearted. It's about being expressive. It's about being approachable and open. That's what relationships are about. So those are absolutely important conversations. One, to honor you and to honor the potential future of that relationship. And always, sometimes you may put those cards on the table and obviously we change, we evolve. They may not be permanent. Some of you may say, I never want to have kids, but you, you have a conversation and the other person wants to have kids and you, you just kind of say, okay, well, we'll, we'll see if that's a, a negotiable thing. Is, is that flexible or is that pretty firm? You know, and that's important to know too. Is it something that maybe right now it's a no, but in five years it probably will be a yes. So I, I think that a lot of times, sometimes there, there's an evolutionary process even to the answer. So starting in on the conversation is an important one. Yeah, no, absolutely. And all very important questions too, to figure out if this is a relationship that can continue, you know, hopefully it thrives, you know, it's, it's kind of up to those conversations to happen to, to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, let's talk about once you're really in that relationship and you're past you know, the courting phase, what are some of what you think are key components to a relationship that makes it long lasting? So we kind of covered a little bit, right? So Mm. seeing eye to eye in terms of future things, in terms of money and kids and where you're going to live, things like that. Are there any other things that you found in all the work that you've done that make a relationship last long and thrive? Sure. I have a great story about this. I, when I was 21, I was studying abroad and I was, I was traveling around to different countries in Europe. And I would often come across these different couples that had this special spark, this special friendship and this chemistry between them. Mm. And I was intrigued because I knew that it was, it was, it had uh, an inkling and a glimpse of what type of relationship I wanted to have with my future mate. 
And I would go up to them and I, I would ask them, I, I said, you know, I just noticed the chemistry between you and, and your relationship. It seems that you have a, a very solid relationship. And they would say, oh, yes, we've been married 10 years or 15 years, 20 years, five years, however long. And I said, I just have a, a question. What is the number one thing that makes your relationship successful? And they would share with me different different topics. Each couple would maybe say what their number one was. One of it, one of them was understanding. Another was respect. Another one was communication. Another one was uh, openness, honesty, trust, friendship. And these were just some of the examples. Uh, obviously, I spoke with ultimately hundreds of couples, and there there were themes, clusters that, that seem to stand out the most communication, understanding, respect. Uh, those were, were some of the main ones, common interests. And so those are some examples of, of some of the qualities of a relationship that are important to cultivate and to be part of the one that creates that reality in the relationship. Mm-hmm. What do you think a good example of respect is? Uh, that one popped out in me the most because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of relationships that don't last, that is just, that element's just not there. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of fighting, undermining, things like that. So what what do you think, if you can maybe even give examples if you have any, what does respect look like in a relationship? Sure. Respect is very interesting because Everyone wants it, but when we try to define it, nobody knows what the definition is. So I think getting clear on what the definition of respect is. So these are some components of respect that that I see uh, coming up to the surface. So respect is being, being conscientious of the words and actions that you use in the relationship. I think also... Respect is about respecting yourself, being you know true to who you are, having good boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, honoring yourself. If you're being disrespected, is put downs, name calling, that sort of thing. That 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 is a, a line that's drawn in the sand. That that's not appropriate behavior in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if that is an ongoing thing that the other person can't manage, then obviously that's not going to be a long-term respectful relationship. Um, I think also being able to accept the other person for who they are rather than trying to change them or make them different. I think that being able to accept and appreciate the other person for who they are, not what you expect or want them to be. I think there's a distinction there. And I think that Another piece of of respect is really celebrating the person for who they are, uh, helping to to really acknowledge who they are, and then also ultimately that you are able to do that for your partner, that there is that mutual respect that is being cultivated in the relationship, that both people are planting seeds of respect in the the garden of the relationship, so to speak. Right. No, yeah, that's, that's all great stuff. That makes perfect sense. You know, and I think that it's so easy for that to be there in the beginning of the relationship. But as you get to know somebody, you know, it, it gets more difficult 
because you see so many sides of them that you could easily lose that respect. You know, of course, you're really respectful and doing all the nice things in the beginning because you want everything to be awesome and you want them to like you and you want to be your absolute best. But that gets harder as relationships go on, as dating goes on, as marriage goes on. You got to really be way more mindful of that as as it progresses and you end up spending more time with the person. I think it can get harder if you're trying to act or play a role as opposed to being becoming the best version of yourself. If your goal is to, and the objective is to, how can I be the best version of myself in my life? And as a partner, the ball game changes. We're not talking about getting the other person or trying to kind of have them want us or stay with us. It becomes, wow, I'm working to evolve in this relationship to become a respectful person, to become a mature person, to become a loving person. And that when you focus on that, it doesn't matter if the other person leaves or stays because you're showing up as the best version of yourself and you're being true to who you're wanting to become as a partner. So that that way, if that relationship doesn't work out, guess what? The next person that you're going to attract into your life If you've been working on being the best version of yourself, you're going to attract somebody else that's been working on themselves too. And you're going to meet them at that place. And so that's, that becomes somewhat easy when we look at it from that perspective. Right. No, that's true. That's a good point. What do you think, what does that look like to you in terms of, because I preach that a lot as well, becoming your best self and being Mm. more authentic and real. What does that look like to you? when someone is trying to do that or working on that? Well, I'll, I'll speak that? from personal experience. Okay. I'll, I'll speak from personal experience because I, I, I walk my walk. I think for me, I, I grew up with, with parents that they were married for 26 years. They ended up getting a divorce and they experienced a lot of tension. There was a lot of tension in the home on a practically a daily basis. And it was quite stressful. And I remember looking at that and saying, I really want something better than that. I want to create a different dynamic in my partnership. How do I do that? And so I started researching. I started reading. I started learning. I started reading a lot of magazines and books and listening to, on on tape cassettes, I remember listening to John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, when I was 10. And I was just absorbing all this information about what sort of relationship am I going to want to create for myself? And so, and I remember hearing, I think it was Cheryl Richardson. She was talking about how to become the best version of yourself uh, to ultimately find a partner that is the best version of themselves. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's really the focus. And so I said, I'm just going to focus on that. I, I want to be, if I want respect in a relationship, how can I be a respectful person? If I want good sexual chemistry, how can I be sensual? If I want a good friendship in my partner, how can I be a good friend? And so I started doing that and working on, on that evolution as I dated different people and started seeing, okay, is this the right fit? Is that not, you know, is this a good guy, but not really my partner and being able to sort through that whole process. 
And over the t- over time, I I ended up finding my my now husband, mm. and it was just this perfect synchronicity. It was this vision that I had had of what sort of dynamic, what sort of person, what sort of interpersonal relationship, what the energy is like, what it felt like, how fun it was, what our chemistry was like. And it was all synchronized. It was so crystal clear. It was like, ah, jackpot. This is what I was really intentionally wanting and who I was intentionally becoming. And it happened. Voila. That's awesome. I was, I was 30 at the time. Okay. And so it takes time to become the best version of yourself and to, you know, sometimes you can't plan it. You can't control it. Um, but I think once you find it, it, it fits. And if it's not fully that, or you haven't done some of that initial work, then it's going to take longer to actually get one that's going to fit together in the right way. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think everything really starts with working on yourself and becoming the best version of you because, like you said, I'm just repeating what you're saying, is that you end up attracting uh, that quality person. I think you'll only attract quality people into your life naturally if you're always trying to be the best because if you come if you come into um, – if you meet someone – who is not good for you or doesn't have, you know, what you're looking for, you'll notice that out there. I feel like a lot quicker mm-hmm. when you're really working hard at becoming a, a powerful version of you. Cause you're not going to, you're not going to want to be around someone who's not completely awesome. You're not going to let yourself do that. You might on the other hand do that. If maybe you have low self esteem mm-hmm. or, you know, you have a lot of things that are just, just drama in your life, you might attract that into your life because that's what you know. Right. You know? What, what do you think? Yeah. Do, would you agree with that? Oh, I, I see that. I see that. And I, I think, uh, it, for example, if you want to be a person of integrity and you are, you're going to clearly see if your partner is out of integrity, that's mm. going to be out of alignment with who you are. And so it's going to become clear for you what the yeses are and what the noes are for you. Because that may or may not change. And sometimes we spend time trying to change the other person rather than accepting what you see is what you get and then making a choice of does that fit for me? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Andrew, we're yeah. just out of time now, but this has been a really great call. In fact, I want to have you on again and I want to talk, I want to go even deeper into relationships and what it means to have a successful relationship. I feel like we only scratched the surface, but I feel like this was some great kind of starter information for some of the guys out there who are either getting into relationships now or looking to get into a relationship uh, in the very near future. Or even if you're just kind of listening and you're curious to see, you know, what it really takes to make that relationship last. So we can try to keep down that divorce rate, right? And, and try to be able to, to have the types of, of love that we want with partners. So this was really fantastic. And um, I know you have something that can help people. You were talking about it before. It was some sort of 10-day transformation. Tell us about that and how people can get a hold of you. Yes. It's um, actually it's called the 14-Day Love Challenge. And That's if you're ready, ready for love and you're ready to step into 
a healthy relationship or create a, a healthy partnership with a partner or even just start start laying the groundwork into your own self, your own insight, your own awareness, you can head over to truepotentialcounseling.com forward slash 14 hyphen day hyphen love hyphen challenge and then forward slash and I can send you the link too so you can put it in the show notes and definitely join us. We have 10,000 plus couples all around the world that are participating in the love challenge leading up to Valentine's Day. So definitely join in on the community and on the love challenge. Awesome. Perfect. So go check that out. We're going to put all those links in the show notes so it'll be easy for you to to, uh, click on that and see what it's all about. Andrea, once again, thank you so much for being on the show and we'll have you on again soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.